Friends, this is Will Parker. Did you know that Principal Matters reaches thousands of leaders each month? To date, we have more than 1.4 million downloads. And we're also serving education leaders just like you with Grow Academies, Masterminds, Executive Coaching, and Keynote Presentations. I want to invite you to collaborate. As you think about your professional learning for the coming year, how have you reflected on where you and your team members want to grow? I'd like to offer you a complimentary 30-minute session of reflection via Zoom to think about areas of growth. If interested, email me at will at williamdparker.com and we can find a time to connect. Thank you for learning together. Enjoy today's show and thank you for doing what matters. Principal Matters Podcast, episode 380. Hi, friends. This is Will Parker, host of Principal Matters, the School Leaders Podcast, where each week we bring you inspiring, innovative, and imaginative ideas for your own school leadership. This week, I am back with my friend, Jen Schwanke, co-host of the show, author of soon to be four new books, Jen, because you have a book coming out in February. I so do. congratulations. Yeah, do you, you want to give us a sneak peek of what to expect? Well, this is perhaps the book that um, is the result of all the other books. (laughs) I don't know if that's true, but this book is called The Principal's Guide to Conflict Management. And you actually, Will, are the one that said, oh, you should have called it The Educator's Guide to Conflict Management. And you were right because this book um, talks about all the ways that, that certainly principals, but all educators see conflict in the school environment and how to navigate it without losing your soul. <laughs> well, so, um, I am yeah. so excited to get my hands on this book, Jen. And I'm just going to go ahead and tell Principal Matters, I'm actually putting you on the spot on purpose, which is you guys can expect that we're going to be having some great conversations <laughs> about Jen's new book when it comes out. Because, um, because Jen, every time you come out with a new book, I I just cannot wait to give you the opportunity to just unpack Thank some you. of the thoughts that you've learned in that this week though, we're bringing up a topic that is something that, you, okay, let me just set the stage. So much of the work that I do now in supporting principals also involves coaching principals, but I also have the opportunity to work with people who are in the roles like you share now, Jen, now that you're um, in a deputy superintendent role. So I get to also work with deputy superintendents, assistant superintendents, principals. And the thing that I love about that work is that all of them share something in common. And that is that they are passionately committed to being good at their jobs. They they want to be excellent in serving their students and, and reaching their goals. And so I, I don't, it's, I just am so full of gratitude for the opportunity to get to work with people with that kind of performance mentality but something that I've been chewing on lately that I wanted to bring to the room with you, Jen, because you have some unique experience that I have not had. And even though I was a teacher, assistant principal, principal, executive director at our state's principals association, and now I do this work full time, I never, I never um, performed the role of both school principal and district leader. And so I don't want to um, in any way ask you to divulge confidentiality and all of these dynamics and rules that you that you play in. But I did want to bring this question to a conversation for principal matters to listen to about the dynamics of district leadership and principal leadership. What you wish you had known when you were a principal about the role of the people who are trying to support you, and maybe what you wish some 
central office people would keep in mind about that role of the principal. And so I, I know that's a lot to ask, but I just wanted to open it up for this conversation because I think sometimes people who care deeply about their work can find themselves almost in conflict, but they're trying to accomplish the same things. And, and so sometimes that dynamic can be personal, sometimes professional, um, or sometimes structural. So that's where I wanted to start. What, what are some of the thoughts coming to your mind? Well, I think this is an important conversation for every principal to have um, in their own district, whether it's internally or with trusted colleagues, because there is an unfortunate and prohibitive mindset that it's an us versus them. And that is ironic and sad to me because we're all trying to do the same thing, right? But the res- but the specific charge in doing the, that same thing might be different. So as, for example, you know, a building principal does everything. <laughs> they've got to keep their eye on the budget. They've got to keep their eye on student behavior. They've got to keep an eye on MTSS and PBIS and grades and teachers. They have all that. And then at central office, there tends to be someone where that might be their only job to watch the money or to oversee special education. And in some smaller districts, a person might have two or three of those jobs, but that's, that's literally what they're paid to do is make sure that that particular corner of their world runs well. And so I think there's so many principals feel so deeply misunderstood by the central office person who oversees a certain department because at the building level, it's so complex because there are faces, there are human beings behind every decision And so buildings tend to be very, this is just my experience. You guys can throw it in the trash if you want. There's so much more of a human element at the building level because there's a child behind it. Whereas at central office, it tends to be more about the system or the procedure or the policy or the protocol. And Will, you and I talked really recently about systems and about people and building principles have to really do both well. <laughs> so there's a there's a divide there and I wish there weren't, but I don't see it going away. And one of the, when I moved from building principal to central office, first of all, I don't think I still believe it. I'm a, I'm a principal at heart. When they, when they bury me, I hope the headstone says principal because that's where I believe the real work happens. But we need a supportive central office staff. We need to work together. And that's why it makes me so deflated when principals feel so deeply misunderstood by their central office staff. And when central office staff feel like principals aren't prioritizing the right things. So that was a long, a long rant to say to you, yes, this is real. And there's a lot that I'm still learning. I'm in year three now. There's a lot I'm still learning about about this. And of course I have more thoughts, but I'll pause because no. I think you have something to say. <laughs> no, there's so much I, I want to ask because if you think about it, Jen, and, and it's it's so interesting that we haven't actually had this conversation in the podcast before. At least I don't think we have. I know. But, what yeah. what have we been doing? Yeah. I mean, I well, think we've been talking about the, other things. But here's <laughs> the value is you've actually, you know, you're in year three now of this new position, which actually gives you some I'm just going to say it credibility in terms of some perspective um, because uh, it, it, because all of us can think back to teaching how we used mm-hmm. to think like, wow, I, well, I, I think I figured it out year three. 
And then in the principal ships, we were like, man, I, I feel like I'm finally figuring it out after a few years. And so now you've had a few years um, and golly, you started right in the, like right after COVID. I mean, you've been through so much um, in a, in a very large district setting. So the follow-up question I want to ask you is, um, is a, is a curiosity is like what in the role of a, of a central office leader, what's something that surprised you that you didn't expect going from the principalship into this role? I don't even have to think about that answer because I know it. I think about it a lot. When I was still a building principal, a principal colleague of mine, and her name is Dr. Tracy Deagle. I'll tell you her name because I think she's phenomenal. And I've talked about her before. She and I wrote a, a great article together for ASCD about finding the joy in, in teaching. But Tracy had been my colleague. And then she actually moved into the deputy superintendent role. And I was suddenly intimidated by her. She made me nervous. She'd walk into a room and I'd, I would feel a physical chain. And then I'd tell myself, this is Tracy. She's your friend. What is going on? And I would stumble over my words. I acted like a, a, a an anxious 12-year-old. And then I moved into the role. She went on to a superintendent job and she's doing a great job. And then I moved into the deputy superintendent role. And I felt like people that I had known for years didn't quite know how to speak to me anymore. Now this wasn't everybody. And so I called Tracy. I said, all right, tell me about this. And she said, yes, it's a, it's a phenomenon where you in a new, in a different role, in a central office role are trying to figure it out. And you're looking for your, your people that you have that, that will surround you and make this work manageable. Um, but then you have your friends, right. And your colleagues and the people that, that you've been in the foxhole with for years and so that was one of the things that took me aback. And it has taken me to your point about years. It's taken me a while to, I think, reconvince people that I still am who I am. I mean, well, you know, when we, when we started this call, I had a goofy hat on, I'm still that girl that I still wear the goofy hat. Right. But, um, I can, I believe I can be both that I can look at the needs and the goals and the outcomes of central office and still advocate relentlessly for principals. And I believe that principals can speak fondly and professionally and admirably of central office people and understand their work. I try to really stay connected to the people that are doing the day-to-day -day work. Just last week, I spoke to 200 school administrative assistants, secretaries at a conference. And that was an important um, presentation to take on. It was a keynote. And I took it on because I wanted to be in a room with 200 administrative assistants. I wanted to ask them how they're feeling, what they're doing, what's driving them crazy. Um, I tried to do a lot of work with teachers. I spent actually this morning in buildings, visiting classrooms, listening to people vent. <laughs> um, and in that sense, I think it, I think it becomes a problem when central office is seen as the ivory tower, you know, the place where people go to make life harder for the rest of us. So I try to fight against that and it, it's not easy. Let's take a moment to thank our sponsors and then we'll be right back. Over one million teachers use IXL in their classrooms every day for one reason. They love it. IXL is the most widely used online learning and teaching platform for K-12. 
It provides schools with a personalized curriculum, thousands of instructional resources, and actionable diagnostic data. IXL saves teachers valuable time with ready-made plans aligned to their standards and textbooks. Built-in engagement tools such as customizable competitions make learning fun for students. Dr. Trujillo, superintendent at Tucson Unified School District, says this is what he loves about IXL. Quote, for the teacher, IXL opens up the door to be a lot more effective and provide more differentiated instruction to the different subgroups of students in their class. End quote. Empower your teachers with the tools and insights they need to enhance instruction all in one single, easy-to-use platform. Get started today at IXL.com. It's not, but there's so much that I want to unpack here. Um, and so I want to ask a follow-up question before I take us off on a, on a t- possible tangent. But I think these are all connected. So, so you were surprised in this new role by the gap that suddenly you felt between the people that you were serving, who you, some of them mm-hmm. were once your peers, and you're still the same person. And yet this role suddenly creates this this emotional dynamic um, or this power dynamic that is really hard for you to, to know like, okay, how can I still convince people I am who I am and, and still have that trusting relationship even with this new role? If you could speak back to the younger Jen, who was mm-hmm. the principal, mm-hmm. what would, what, what would you, what would you, what do you wish you had known then that you know now that may have affected the relationships you had between your leadership and the, those who are supporting you from that level? Well, I'm going to answer that question, although it might not seem like it with this. Um, when I went from a teaching position to a principal position or assistant principal position first, I felt the exact same way. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm a teacher. How can these teachers not understand me? How can they not see that I'm just trying to do good things. I'm just trying to support them. How can I, the essential question to me is how can I lead in such a way that people know I am on their side, even when I have to say the hard things or make the hard decisions. And I think the internal conflict and many principals have felt this. Um, I'll, I'll tell the story on a personal level. When I considered taking this job, my husband said, I just don't want you to change. I don't want you to become one of them. And, you know, he was a longtime teacher. So he was in, in the mindset of them is not, is not a good thing (laughs) to become one of them. And I said to him, you know, I, I don't see, see that change is bad. Um, if I become an insufferable, you know, somebody, then we could talk about that. But I think that's kind of the unspoken mindset of, of watching someone move into a role that's more removed from what they're doing is you've sold out. You're going to change. You're not going to be my advocate anymore. And there's some fear and resentment in that. Um, there's, I think I've told you before, I love the show Friday night lights. And there's a wonderful scene where Tammy Taylor has been promoted to principal and her husband, Eric, who's the football coach. Um, he says to her, she's, she's in it, right? She's doing the principal stuff. And he says, I miss, I miss the coach's wife. And she looks right at him and he says, she says, I can't wait to meet the principal's husband. And he says, (laughs) touche. So our personal and professional relationships have to evolve with who we are in the work we do. Right. And so I, I think sometimes about 
principals, I want you to meet this central office leader. Central office leaders, I want you to meet this principal and get to know each other and build that trust. Don't let it be a divide because we are all married, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So Jen, there's so much there that I, so I, I want to sit here for just a few minutes and just make some observations because every single person listening to this conversation has had that experience. I mean, these are, this is a leadership podcast. So you, if you're listening to this podcast, you know what it's like when you step into any new thing, especially if you're stepping from teaching to to school leadership, or maybe you're even in teaching, you sometimes step into leadership roles within that sphere. And all of us have had that experience of what it's like to be on the other side. I mean, Mm -hmm. even teachers suddenly get to be experiencing what it's like to be on the other side of the student. Remember how much we complained about our teachers? Yep. And now we're them. (laughs) Remember how much we complained about our principals? And now we're them. Remember how much you complained about your central office staff? And now you're them, Jen. So, 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 So the reason I'm sitting here is this. First, I think it's really important for us to recognize the dynamics in every human relationship are that we often create suspicion, question marks, assume worst intentions about people who are suddenly exercising authority or accountability in our relationships. So it it didn't matter how close you were to your friend, Tracy, you felt that anxiety when she Mm -hmm. stepped into a room that you had never felt before. And so I think number one, it's important for us just to recognize, welcome to human behavior. Mm -hmm. Exactly. This is, this is human behavior. So there's nothing wrong with you and there's nothing wrong with that other person. This is just the way we behave as humans. Anytime there's an accountability or an authority structure in place, because that's just the way we're, that's our makeup. Now, having said that, I want to, I want to hold the mirror up to the leader for just a second, myself, as well as those listening and ask yourself the question, why is it so frustrating to you when people question you? Or why is it so frustrating to you when people seem to have a, a bridge built or a gap between you that there's not a, there's not a bridge. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't be bothered by it, but I'm saying that um, it, for me, and I'm speaking to my experience, Jen, it was really helpful for me when I stopped getting upset that teachers gossiped about me in the teacher's lounge. <laughs> when someone would tell me, Hey, Will, you, you probably don't want to know this, but they were, somebody said something unkind about you today in the teacher's lounge. And I, I mean, I wasn't trying to be like callous or coy. I would just be like, Oh, really? You know, I talked about people in teachers on too when I was a teacher. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and so, so, so I'm sure, I'm sure if we sat down face to face, it'd be a different conversation. And if they want to talk to me face to face, I'm happy to do so. But I, I'm not going to police what people are saying in the teacher's lounge about me because it's human behavior. Now, I, there may be people listening to me right now that don't like that I'm saying this, but I, I, so I just want to say, welcome to human behavior. Um, now let me pause there, Jen, because I can see your wheels turning. (laughs) No, I was just going to say, I think that's a really healthy approach to, because it's not a principal teacher thing. It's not a teacher lounge thing. It is human behavior. And you could eat yourself up stressing about that. And I used to, when I was, when I was a new principal, I wanted to be so awesome that nobody ever had anything negative to say about me. It's not feasible. And so I, you know, an answer to that could be, oh, I'm glad they have time to vent. You know, I'm glad they have each other. Um, Because you're right. One-on-one, they probably think you're fabulous. 
So that's all. Or they can I, that's nothing I profound. Yeah. 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 Or they can pretend I am like I right. pretend in front of other people sometimes too. <laughs> right. No, but, but here's, here's the second thing that I want to say. Um, and this is going to be a little harder for me to express. So let me, let me, let me try. Um, one of the reasons that I wanted to have this conversation is this when, especially whatever position you are listening to this conversation, I'm going to bet that there are dynamics involved in your relationships of authority and accountability where there's Mm -hmm. tension. Mm -hmm. And so the second thing that I want to just set on for just a moment is when is the last time that you took a step back from that tension and recognized it's normal and then tried to put yourself in the shoes of that other person and ask yourself the question, what are the shared goals, opportunities, mission, vision that we have here that should keep us on the same team? Mm-hmm. And so this is a question I want to place back in, in to you, Jen, which is what are some practical ways that we can bridge the gaps? Right. That, that we can bridge the gaps. Well, and you kind of touched on this just a moment ago, Will. I think that a lot of us come with anxiety because of something that happened to us years ago, right? Maybe a parent exerted power as a way of parenting us. Maybe a principal was a real jerk to us. Um, Maybe as a teacher, we had a principal who blasted us in evaluation and now forever we'll be scared of evaluations. Um, I evaluated a teacher once she was in her 32nd year and she left. She, I I thought she was great. And I told her so. And she said, I have never left an evaluation um, in this bill, she'd been in the building for three or four years and with a previous principal. And she said, I, I have never left an evaluation in this building, not crying. The principal was one that just exerted power as a way of controlling people. And so she was never going to be an okay for an evaluation, no matter what, no matter how many times somebody said she was great. She was, it was always a horribly um, fraught experience for her. So we have to recognize that people's historical emotional damage is there. And so to bridge that gap, I think we have to talk about it and acknowledge, Hey, I'm in a position, different position. Now I still want to understand your work. I still want to support you. My support might sound different, look different, feel different to you, but I hope we are still collaborative. And I hope that we're recognizing we're doing the same thing here. We're trying to help children mm-hmm. and um, communication is the key there. And just time, you mentioned this earlier, you know, sometimes you need a few years before people realize, oh, okay, she, you know, she still is that the girl that wears the goofy hat sometimes <laughs> and, and show who you are. So I don't know if that's a great answer. I know that, that so many times the things that cause the division are not because of anything that anyone did in recently. It's because of long-standing, deep-seated incidents that cause us to distrust. Well, I like what you said. To bridge the gap, we have to talk about and acknowledge what we share in common. And I like the equation, time spent equals relationships built. Mm-hmm. And so over time, as you demonstrate trust, you are considered trustworthy and so you, so give yourself permission to earn trust um, right. in those settings too. Right. And you know, one thing I think is helpful for any leader is to acknowledge and say when something is, is not in your lane. So, you know, as a principal and certainly in my role now, I used to think I have to fix everything, but I've learned to say, I, I just need you to know that's not my lane. 
if I got in that lane, I would probably cause problems for other people. So I really appreciate that you've shared this concern with me. Um, I would encourage you to call so-and-so or to think about this solution. So then I'm doing two things. Professionally, I'm staying where I belong, but I'm also not implying a promise I can't keep. Well, Jen, as we wrap this up, I, I, I do want to point listeners to a resource that has been helpful for me thinking about this dynamic. And it's it's a book that's been around for a very long time. Patrick Lencioni's The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. Um, it's written like a fable. And I've been using this book this year in some coaching I've been doing in some masterminds. And there's a pyramid that this book uses to show what are the qualities of a dysfunctional team. And I'm just going to list them. And I, and I can include a link in the show notes here. So sorry for listing something to a listening audience, but the foundation is an absence of trust, which usually means people are afraid to be vulnerable with each other. The next dysfunction is a fear of conflict, which means that people pretend like they're getting along, but it's an artificial harmony. The next dysfunction is a lack of commitment, which means that I may be ambiguous. I may sound like I'm committed, but I'm not really committed. The next next dysfunction is an avoidance of accountability. So I, my work standards, my performance standards are not measuring up because I'm not really committed. I'm not really willing to have hard conversations and I don't really trust you. And as a result, the last dysfunction is an, an inattention to results. And that inattention to results is typically accompanied by a person's commitment to themselves and their individual aspirations over the aspirations of the whole or the group. And as I've been working through this book and in this study, this question keeps coming up from, from leaders, which is like, how do I get my team to, 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 to commit to the kinds of, dynamics that it takes for us to be healthy working together. And, and almost inevitably, when I'm talking to principals in particular, um, they'll mention some of the different staff members or people on their teams where they're struggling with that kind of um, commitment from them. And But lately, I've been kind of turning that question back on leaders and asking them the follow-up, which is, where are you struggling with these kinds of commitments with the people leading you? And so that's a hard question, Jen, but the reason I wanted to wrap it up here is because as leaders, when we think about the dynamics of district leadership and principal leadership, and we think about the dynamics of how people feel about us and how they, th th that emotional gap that we felt when we moved positions, there, just because someone moves up in a role doesn't change the, 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 the heart of who they are as a person, but we would do ourselves a favor, I think, sometimes as leaders to demonstrate the kind of same commitment to team dynamics with the people to whom we're accountable as we're wanting from the team members who we're holding accountable. So I don't know if that's helpful, um, but I certainly wanted to say it as we as we talk about this dynamic of district leadership and principal leadership. Well, and I, I don't want to not say this. There are some people who do change as they move up and they may become unbearable. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I say that because I was um, working with a group this summer and they, I do think that in their situation, 
the people with power were loving the power, right? Mm-hmm. So so let's make sure our listeners know we're talking, Will and I are talking about an ideal situation right. of trust and compatibility and shared goals. We know there's a lot of you out there that just you're listening to us like, what? Are you kidding me? I don't, I don't think that can happen with my current supervisor. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't mean you don't try. And that doesn't mean that it has to be horrible, but we know it's hard. We know it's a, it's a slog to connect with someone if it's not working. So I feel better now, you know, Will. sometimes I just say things. So I feel better. No, I'm so <laughs> glad you said that Jen, cause that's so true. And so lo- let's make a distinction between toxic leadership. Right. Okay. Right. And, and, and healthy leadership. And so yeah. there are going to be times where you need to protect yourself. Right. There are going to be times when you need to go to a different place. Yep. There's going to be times where you need to just draw a boundary and say, this is a, this is a line that can't be crossed mm-hmm. in the way I'm treated exactly. or talked to. And so we're not talking about that. that, that exactly. I do not yep. want to be misunderstood. What right. I'm trying to say here is that in the dynamics of our working relationships, so often, and this isn't a bad thing, we can be very, very committed to the team that's right in front of us mm-hmm. because they, these are our people. These are our kids. This is my teachers, but we're a part of a bigger system too. And so if we're asking our teachers to adapt a mindset that all the students in the school belong to all of us, then why aren't we doing that with our community? Mm-hmm. All of these kids are all of our kids. It's not my school versus your school. It's not this office versus my office. We should, we should all be in this together. And if that's like foreign to the chemistry and the place in which you live, you're probably not um, alone because right. I don't see that in a lot of places I visit, right. but I'm just inviting leaders to consider the possibilities that those dynamics as complex as they are, may be more familiar than you think they are. Right. Because these are human behaviors. Then and the biggest difference that we can make as leaders is asking ourselves the question, how can I make it better? How can I make it better for, for exactly. the people I'm serving and the people I'm working with? And so, myself. And yeah, myself. So yeah. so principal managers listeners, feel free to start shooting me those um those corrective emails of like, well, you have <laughs> no idea who it is that I I have to deal with. Right. And I do not appreciate that this perspective. And I'm happy to listen to that story, to commiserate with you. Um, to talk offline where we can share the the horrible things that have happened to us that I can't talk about publicly and, and my <laughs> work experiences are you either, Jen, but, but Jen, thank you for that. Uh, I just wanted to go there because you've had some skin in the game now for a while mm-hmm. in, in both of these roles of district leadership and then all of the years that you spent in principal leadership. And I, um, um, I can say this because I consider you a friend that, uh, that, the people whom you're serving are, are privileged to have someone with a heart of a leader like you have to continue to to know what it's like um, to be both in the building and support those who are. So thank you for your work. Thank you. And thank Principal you. Matters listeners, I want to thank you for what you do every single day to support and take care of your school communities. And uh, please reach back to Jen and I if you have questions. If you have topics you would like to bring to the show, we'd love to hear them. You can email me at will williamdparker.com and Jen how can they reach out to you you can find me at jenchwonky at gmail.com all right well until next time thanks for doing what matters we'll talk to you soon okay bye-bye find free resources like this one at williamdparker.com subscribe for our free weekly newsletter which contains bonus material and also check out the links for grow academies masterminds executive coaching and keynote presentations for my books as well as for principal matters associates You can find out more under our speakers tab at williamdparker.com. Thank you for learning together and thank you for doing what matters.